Ça It is Wednesday, July 8th, 2020, and this is the Call to Violence MMA Show. I am your host, as always, Raj Gallardi, and the most stacked card of the year is right around the corner. So let's get right into the nitty-gritty of things. Let's see. Let me pull up the card here real quick, even though I don't really need to. All right, cool. Um, Just because I'm a little short on time for this week um, or for this episode, and we will definitely go into further depth when uh, I get Mike back in here. And we can uh, break down um, all the fights afterwards. But we're going to uh, talk about Vulcan Ozdemir and Yuri uh, Parashka. And then go on through the main card. And then I will get you guys out of here. Alrighty. So first up, yeah, we do have Vulcan Ozdemir and Yuri. Um, and Yuri going at it. That's going to be the uh, main event on the prelim card. This is a fantastic fight. This outside of anything on the main card. Like, I am... Um, this outside of the Usman uh, Mazadal fight, this is probably what I'm most excited for. I've been watching Yuri for a really, really, really long time. Uh, between um, is a few fights uh, in uh, Russia and um, uh, most of his fights in Risen. And uh, man, his fights in Risen just you want to talk about an action fighter, all that dude knows is go forward and throw punches. Um, I uh, kind of highlighted this on last week's episode when we were um, talking about uh, the matchups that we were most excited for this summer. And, uh, you know, Yuri has kind of had um, kind of an evolution uh, like Justin Gaethje has where super, super forward offensive. Uh, got him by for a certain amount of time, and then he ended up fighting King Mo uh, in a uh, rising tournament. And, you know, we got stopped, came in, rushed in, got clocked, Mo hit like hits like a truck and, you know, flatlined him. After that, though, uh, you know, he rebound, you know, he's still he's still his forward offensive fighter, but definitely a lot tightened up. His takedown defense has gotten a lot better. And in a rematch uh, in Ryzen, actually finished Mo in the second round pretty brutally. And um, here, let's just pull up his his record real quick. So he's 26, three and one. Um, definitely the best 205 pounder outside the UFC right now. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really excited when the UFC picked him up. Um, cause he's going to be a great addition to that, that newly evolved 205 pound weight class, uh, in the UFC. You know, we, it was so dry for so long and finally now we're starting to see it recover. Um, and starting to see some, uh, you know, starting to see it fill out a lot and, you know, it's something to be excited about. And so I just want to go take a look. He's got, okay, so he has 26 wins, 23 are by KO, and two are by submission. He has one decision win. I mean, if that is the definition uh, of an action fighter right there. And this is, and UFC, usually what they do, and I mean, they didn't really do him any favors with Vulcan, but usually when a, when a guy has a, uh, some hype come in outside of the UFC, they usually like to throw him to the wolves right away. And I'm not saying they didn't do that with Vulcan, because Vulcan is definitely a, a tough matchup for anybody at 205. But this is going to be a great fight. This is a great stylistic matchup. Uh, Vulcan likes to bring it. Uh, you know, lately he's gotten more on the clinch-heavy style, um, and I think that's only due to him having power at such a short range. I mean, both with uh, Serkinov and I believe, I want to say, Jimmy Manua. I mean, he knocked them out both with very, very, very short punches. Yeah, it was Jimmy Manua. There were some short, short, short punches. Um 
And same thing with Eri Latifi. I mean, he flatlined uh, Eri Latifi. So uh, this fight could end at any moment. Uh, you know, Vulcan had some, you know, he was on that three-fight losing streak. You know, he lost to DC, and then he lost a really, really bad one to Anthony Smith. Um, but then what's funny is is he rebounds against Dominic Cruz. Well, not rebounds, but he has that fight against, uh, not Dominic Cruz, but Dominic Reyes. And I actually thought he beat Dominic. And it had to do with a lot of that clinch-heavy stuff. Um, ultimately, the judges went the other way, but that that, that fight definitely could have went in his favor, and he could de- could have definitely derailed all that hype uh, around Dominic uh, Reyes. Luckily, it didn't because we got to see Dominic Reyes have that great fight with uh, John Jones, and we'll see you know where, where that ends up going. But this is a fantastic fight, and you know if you if you are one to tune into the early portion of the prelims, you definitely have to make sure you reserve some time and catch this fight. You know, if uh, Yuri can, it, it's hard to gauge with Yuri because the guys he's fought in, um, let's just take a look at it here. Like the best guy he's fought in by far is is King Mo, and he's fought him twice, and he's one and one against him. And but besides that, he's kind of fought, you know, uh, beefed up middleweights. Uh, like he's coming off of a win over CB Dalloway, knocked him out in the first two minutes of the first round. Fabio Maldonado, which I mean. Um, you know, he does go up to, you know, he's gone up to heavyweight, but that's never really benefited him uh, unless he's fighting fate, unless that, you know, that Fedor fight, which that Fedor fight was nuts. Uh, but then, like, Brandon Hazley, you know, this guy, former uh, middleweight champion in Bellator. So, um, you know, he's got to, a lot to prove, but if he can get over the hurdle of Vulcan Ostemir, he gets thrown right into the top top five at, at, at 205 in the UFC. Um there's a lot of great matchups for him too up there. I mean, I mean, it's kind of a murderous row. I mean, him and Tiago Santos, and uh, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good fighters up there. Um, but then moving on after that, we get to the uh, we get to the main card, and let me just pull that up here. I think we're starting with uh, Amanda Rebus and Paige Van Zandt. Now. I've never I, I I don't usually get behind the guys that or I don't really get behind fighters that UFC kind of like force feeds you. And Paige was definitely one of those people where, you know, they just kind of, um, they rely, they rely on her marketability more than her fighting skills. And they kind of throw her into these crazy fights and she gets a lot of hype. However, now she's on the back end of that because she's speaking out against the UFC because she made so much money outside of it. Quote unquote. Um, and now they're you know UFC is playing the typical card where when somebody tries to fight out their contract the they give them the toughest matchup that they can possibly do outside of a title fight. I mean we've seen this with Roger Huerta, we've seen this with uh, Joe Duffy. We've I mean we've seen this countless times where uh, you know guys tries fighting out his contract and uh, you know gets the toughest matchup possible. And so in that case, I mean, Amanda Rivas is no joke. I mean, this chick is probably the future at flyweight. Um, I mean, she has a long way to go before, you know, she's even competitive uh, with uh, um, Valentina Shevchenko. But I mean, like, she's a destroyer and she's great everywhere. And so Paige is really going to have to rely on her unorthodox, you know, strikes and movements and you know, you can't count Paige out because of how crafty she is, but, like, they did not do her any favors with this matchup at all. And so for that, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for anytime, Anytime somebody fight, uh, tries fighting out their contract, I'm, I'm always rooting for them. I mean, 
you know, I, I love when fighters bet on themselves and, you know, because, you know, they're, they're not playing with chips here. They're, they're playing with their, their life, um, not only physically um, with their, you know, physical health, you know, fighting in a cage, but then also like, you know, which trajectory that their career goes, you know, the, the, this fight's going to mean a lot for her. And she can lose this fight and go sign with Bellator and be fine. But I always like when the fighters have an edge over um, over the UFC. So I'm definitely going to be – she definitely has – like this is this is not an easy fight. And she definitely has her work cut out for her. But, man, if she could pull off a, a great performance here and get the win, I would be ecstatic. Moving on, though, after that, uh, we got a uh, um, a strawweight fight, between, a rematch between Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas. And I fucking love this fight. This is, you know, we always talk about it. The, you know, the rest of the women's divisions, you know, they don't get me too excited. Um, one thirty-five used to be the premier division, but you know, obviously now with Amanda kind of cleaning it out and there being no young talent at one thirty-five, Strawweight has definitely taken over. I mean, that that whole top ten at one fifteen down there. I mean, it's it's not lightweight. But I mean, like it, it's it's almost there. I mean, all of those fights in the top ten, you can match any of those girls up, and they're great fights. And this is one of them. Um, you know, the first fight was was phenomenal. You know, Rose was piecing Jessica up and just looking like she was gonna have a great performance, retaining her title. And then Jessica took the opportunity, made the right adjustments with uh, Rose's uh, key lock um, up against the fence, and just you know turned her lights off with a big slam. And, you know, then people are pissing me off with the whole, you know, oh, Spike should be illegal. Dude, you can head kick somebody in the face, all right? Or you can head kick somebody in the head. Like, get out of here with your Spike. Like, I mean, we do so much already to aid grapplers. Let them fuck, you know, let, let, let them fight. If, you know, if you're going to put yourself in a position to where you're going to get Spike like that, that's on you to get out of it. So, um... You know, it was just a, a little a little technique error on Rose's part, and I'm sure she learned a lot from it. And, you know, since that fight, Rose has, has you know, um, she's gone through a lot. And, you know, usually when somebody goes through a lot and then they put themselves through a fight and you don't know where their headspace is at, it's it's kind of uh, makes you kind of nervous for them. But um, from everything that Rose has been saying leading up to this fight, it's exactly what you would want to hear out of somebody. I mean, she is... Um, she's focused. She has her head on. She had some family die to, uh, or pass away to, uh, to COVID. And she seems to be dealing with that great. And, um, you know, for a while she was talking about retiring and that, you know, she has a different mindset going into these fights now. And, you know, it's kind of, that's not what you want to hear when somebody's holding, you know, a UFC belt, but now she's even calling out, not calling out, but she's saying, you know, she looks forward to a fight with Zhang, um, for the belt. And I mean, if she beats Jessica, I think that, you know, that's definitely the next fight. Um, you know, they got to get, uh, everything figured out with Zhang being, you know, training in China and all that. And I don't know what, you know, what, what it's like trying to get her out of there right now. But man, if Rose can pick up a win here, that fight against Zhang is, I mean, that's up there with Adesanya and uh, Costa for me as most anticipated title fights because, I mean, Rose and those angles from a distance and her combinations and, I mean, I mean, go back and watch the first round of that Jessica fight. I mean, it was a stand-up clinic. Even go back and watch, you know, the, the second Yoana fight. I mean, her combinations and her angles and the way she slides in and out, it is just something of beauty. Uh, it's truly artistic. And, um, I, I mean, I, I hate to be so rose heavy here, but, um, 
I just feel like uh, this is Rose's fight to lose. Um, I mean, Jessica has that kind of bulldozing, you know, forward forward game, and that and that works. Um, you know, it works on a, on on some, on a lot of these girls, but you know, it didn't work on Yuana, and it uh, and Zhang made her pay for it, and Rose was making her pay for it uh, until she got slammed. So I just feel like this is this is uh, Rose's fight to lose. Now, if Jessica wins, see, now this is the thing. This is the this is the, the twofold part. If Rose wins, she's definitely getting another title shot. I mean, they're going to throw her right in there, and that's going to be a great fight. But if Jessica wins, you know, she gets to double down on, on the Rose, uh, on, you know, on her, um, on these Rose confrontations. But, you know, she's definitely not going to be next in line because Zhang just flatlined her. And, yeah, if she gets a good win here and looks good, um, you know, she'll, she'll probably going to have to win maybe another big fight. Uh, in uh, in order to get another title shot, because I mean Zhang just completely bulldozed her, um, or I should say countered her because Jessica tried bulldozing her. Uh, but yeah, really excited for that fight. I definitely got Rose in that fight. But then moving on after that, we got Petter Yan and Jose Aldo, and you know I just not I'm not as excited for this fight as I, I I shouldn't say that I'm I'm super excited for this fight. Do I think Jose Aldo or Jose Aldo, you know, deserves this fight? No, not at all. Uh, yeah, did I think he won the Marlin fight? Yeah, but I I didn't see uh, the the only thing that got answered in that fight was oh okay Jose can be competitive in this weight class, but nothing told me that he could be a champ, and nothing told me that you know he could go five long rounds. He still likes to pick and choose his spots. He uh, still hasn't shown any sign that he's going to go back to leg kicking. Um, you know, and he just, he's hes so reserved. He, you know, he, he's such a veteran that he, you know, I don't know if it's a cardio, th- it's a confidence in his cardio. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, you know, he, he, he just fights in, in instances instead of, you know, the, the full fight. And I just don't think that's something you can do against Petter Jan, who's young, hungry, and full of gust. I mean, that that guy's killing guys. But the same thing with Petter. I, I could have definitely put, you know, some other guys at 135 up in this position. I mean, Corey Sanahagen and Aljamain Sterling definitely could have been for this belt. Um, I mean, if we look at Petter, let's let, let's look at Petter's record real quick. And, I mean, it's great. It's a great record. But, I mean, like, he's coming off of a win over Uriah Faber, who before that was retired. And, um, I mean, everybody knows the deal with Uriah Faber. Um, but then, you know, I had a good win over Jimmy Rivera. I had a decent win over John, Dod- uh, John Dodson. Um, you know, so he's on a one, two, three, four, five. You know, he's on a six-fight winning streak, but, you know, his best win is coming off of Uriah Faber, which I still don't really think that, that you know, stylistically, I'm, I'm sorry for harping on this fight so bad, but, I mean, stylistically, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Petter runs away with it. I just think when, I mean... I just think that because Jose only likes to fight, uh, he likes to reserve so much and only put his output in certain spots. It's going to be really easy for Petter just to to uh, to kind of uh, kind of bully Jose. That that's really how I see this fight. And yeah, can I mean? It, will I be surprised if Jose wins? No. Will I be super happy? Hell yeah! I mean, dude, I've been watching Jose fight since you know he debuted in the WEC when I was like in sixth or seventh grade. Um, and I'm 25 now, so yeah, that's how long I've been watching Jose Aldo. Um, am I pulling for Jose Aldo? Yeah. Uh, is Petter Yan the future? Most definitely. 
Um, so, so I just, I just, th- this fight for, I mean, this fight outside of a title fight, great, great. But for the belt, I could give two shits. Moving on, we got Andrew, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. And again, I'm gonna kind of, I'm, I'm sorry for being such a pessimist right now. I don't know why I'm, uh, I'm harping so bad on these fights. Like they're, they're great, but I just feel like these two, like, okay, when when Gilbert Burns initially fell out, and you know they they upgraded uh, or they promoted Max versus Alexander to the main event, I was like, eh. I mean, their first fight was super technical. Um, it wasn't a barn burner in any case. It was super technical, and, um, you know, Alexander definitely ran away with it. Um, but I just, stylistically, I don't think this makes for a great fight. Mix that in with, you know, Max living in Hawaii, not really having much of a camp, not being able to spar. I don't even know how much of that is true, but, um, you know, I do have family, and uh, my girlfriend's family is all out in Hawaii, and, dude, they get on, on serious shutdown. Like, it's it's pretty pretty serious out there so i while he may have had some training i don't think he had enough to go into a a title fight especially up against somebody like alexander who you really need those rounds in sparring to get timing down and his his tendencies and yeah you can watch all the video you want but when you're not in there practicing it you you know that's that's not going to make um it's not going to make for the most effective game plan or game at all once you get into the the octagon. And uh, I just think, like, yeah, that fight was close. I don't think it was as close as people were making it. But when you're making adaptations that late in a fight, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I get why Max took it. I mean, you know, that dude's always game. He doesn't care about... Um, he doesn't care about conditions. He just wants to fight. And that's why everyone loves Max Holloway. Um... But I actually think it's a detriment to him right now because I don't think these are the kind of conditions that he should have taken this fight in. You know, um, with Hawaii being the way it is, it's just, it's, it's you know. It, all, the, all, the, all of this, what we'll do, though, is if he does somehow get the victory, it will just make that victory that much greater. And then we'll probably end up seeing a third fight between these guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, just mean Volkanovski is the complete package. Um... I mean, stand-up, clinching, takedowns, like, everything. Everything is is complete with him. And now, another thing, though, is is, is if Alexander, you know, comes in and he walks through Max, uh, or even if he gets another decision, please, can you people please pause the greatest of all time and greatest featherweight and all that crap? Come on, can, can this guy just mature a little bit in this division? He just got the belt. He will defend it. You know, if he does defend it against Max, let him have a couple defenses before we're clamoring he's the next great big shit. Um, I mean, we did that with Max, like, right after he beat Jose uh, Jose Aldo. And it was like, okay, he just got the belt. Let's take it easy here. And he's proven that, though. Since then, he definitely has proven that. And Max did have all of those wins before. He went on that crazy long win streak and, you know, all of that. So he, he did have the record, but... Let these guys mature as the champion before we start sticking all of these titles on them, please. You know, um, luckily for Alexander, I don't think a lot of people know about him yet, uh, you know, out, outside of the hardcore base. And so I think it was, it, it is going to take a little bit for that stigma to come around him. And again, I'm not saying he's not not the greatest featherweight. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying I hate when we propel these guys into these these um, 
uh, what would you call it? These, uh, these stigmas or these statuses. And it's like, man, they just got the belt, man. Just let, you know, let it mature. Um, you know, guys like GSP, it's kind of a, it's kind of disrespectful to me to guys like Jose Aldo, guys like GSP, guys like John Jones, um, guys like Anderson Silva, there's a difference between going on win streaks outside of title fights and then being the champ and holding the pressure of being the champ, having to face the next best guy, not not being able to choose when you get fights and when you don't. No, you constantly have to fight the next best guy. That's when we can determine how great you are, okay? So that's my little rant on that. I definitely think Alexander runs away with this fight. I'm pulling for Max. Actually, I, I'm not. I love Max. I love. I, I love Max. I love him as a champ. I love his character. But he's still so young. I mean, whether it's here or at lightweight. Oh, and that's actually another. Let's get into that real quick. Is this do or die for Max Holloway? I mean, he he took that fight against Dustin at 155, and you know that loss against Dustin is aging really well, just because. Dustin is proving to be, you know, he's probably the second best guy in that division outside of Khabib. And if Khabib wasn't there, he'd probably be holding the belt. Um, but, you know, but, um, and so, you know, Max definitely was, was a couple paces behind uh, Dustin, especially in the, in the in power regards. Like, yeah, did he clip Dustin? Could he, could he go the whole 25 minutes? Yeah. But he was just at a, such a power deficit that I just see a lot of those big guys at 155 being a problem for him. So if he does lose twice here and he can't exactly move straight up to lightweight and get into a title picture, I wonder where he goes after a loss from here. Does he go right back down the ladder? Or not back down the ladder because he'll get another top three guy at 145. But I wonder what he does. I mean, he's complained about the weight cut before. He hasn't complained about the weight cut, but he's had weight cut issues before at 145. And so he's going to have to, um, he'll definitely be at a crossroads if he loses here. And so I'll definitely be interested to see what he does. Um, usually I, I like to pick, I mean, you know, selfishly, I like to pick where the guy goes uh, just because I feel like I know what's best for him, like I'm his dad or something. But, um, you know, whatever he does, I'll, you know, I'll have confidence in him and I'll feel like that's the best move because he's got great fights both at 145 and 155. Um so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what ends up happening there. Alexander, on the other hand, this is what I'm talking about, though, about not giving him that mantle of greatest of all time yet, just because he beat the previous greatest featherweight of all time. He's got Brian Ortega, Zabit, Calvin Cater, Shane Burgos, Josh Emmett. I mean, he has the who's who at 145 to run through. And a lot of those guys have to work themselves out, but... Um, you know, he's got a lot of work to do in that division and for both guys, like I'm super excited. 145 is really, you know, really forming up. We were talking about it with Mike. The divisions from top to bottom are really, really, really starting to form up. Um, and it's getting me really excited. Um, so I'm glad I got to turn that around on a good note after shitting on <laughs> these last two fights, but moving on the main event, Karma Usman and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Now, I love this fight. This is what should have been the fight from the get-go. Um, I don't even know why we had to waste time with that Gilbert Burns stuff. Uh, UFC should have just, you know, given George what he wanted. And, you know, George came out today uh, talking to Chael Sonnen and was talking about how he, you know, he wasn't even asking for a bigger guarantee. What he wanted was more pay-per-view points, you know. His logic was, hey, if I'm bringing all these extra eyes in, give me that. Like, I, I want all the piece of who's buying for me to see, which is 
I mean, how can you how, how can you uh, go against what, that? Like, just by him being on this card, there's a lot more eyes on it now. That's I mean, I don't know who's gonna argue with me on that. Um, and it just sucks because I feel like UFC really missed a boat on, and I know you can't really do press conferences, and I know you can't do any like crazy crazy promotion like they're used to, but. You could have definitely pumped this fight up. Uh, you know, George would have done the work. George would have definitely, like, that dude's a workhorse, both outside of the cage, promoting, and, you know, in the training facility. That This guy really gives it all. And then so f for you to not give him what he wanted is, you know, just kind of a slap in the face and very disrespectful, in my opinion. Um, I know I'm just a dude with a microphone, and I'm not the one making, uh, making these decisions or writing big checks. But, you know, like, that, that dude's putting the work. That dude's putting the work, and he definitely deserves it. And, you know, and now people are saying, like, oh, uh, George didn't even have a camp, and this is the the worst matchup for him. Yeah, it is the worst matchup, but if you think George Mazadal is going to take a fight against Karma Usman, who he knows is, not, you know, uh, a really, really, really tough guy, and if you think he's just going to go in there off the couch and fight him, you're fucking crazy. You are fucking delusional and you know nothing about the sport or about Jorge Masvidal. So, uh, that dude had all the confidence coming into this. He knew exactly what he was doing when Burns fell out and he got the call. He stayed ready. Dustin confirmed this. Dustin Poirier confirmed this himself. He was in the gym. He may have not been like going 100% like he would if he actually had gotten the fight, but he was still helping out people train. Um, that dude doesn't, uh, I, I love this, uh, this quote from him. He goes, you know, I got to drive two hours to the gym, so I'm not there to, you know, to, uh, give high fives and to give hugs. Um, I don't think he said the give hugs part, but, but yeah, you got what I'm saying. And I, and I love that quote because all he's saying in it is when I go into the gym, I'm there to work. So regardless of how ready you think I am, I know I'm ready. And that's exactly, that was exactly my mindset when, you know, when this got announced. George is not going to take a fight he doesn't think he can win. Um, and he's also, all the chips are in his side right now. Why would he go gamble it just to go take on Usman on a short notice fight? Like, he he's risking everything here. Um, you know, do, it, it, does, does his star diminish if he loses? No, probably not. But then the, it just, like we were saying with Paige, it gives leverage back to the UFC. So... I don't think he would have taken this fight if he didn't, if he wasn't confident and he wasn't training and if he didn't think he could go 25 minutes with Usman. So I just, I, I mean, as soon as, as soon as he got the fight, I mean, I put a bet on him. I mean, even if he loses his smart money, he's like a three to one underdog right now. I mean, that is smart money. If you guys are listening to this right now, if you got five, 10, 20 bucks, go throw it on him. What do you got to lose? It's just 20 bucks. I mean, for all of the, all of you guys on unemployment right now in Arizona, y'all are getting an extra six hundred. So I don't even want to hear it. All right, go put an extra twenty bucks on your boy George. All right, now twofold. Usman. Usman has a lot of balls taking this fight on short notice. I honestly did not think he would have taken the opponent switch last minute like this. These are, I mean, on the surface, you could look at George and you could look at Gilbert and you could be like, oh, they're kind of the same. No, they're fucking not. No, they're not. George's entries standing up are insane. I mean, you never know what's coming. He leads with his left hand, ends with his right hand, but then comes back over with the left while switching stances. 
Um, his entries and exits are insane. And so if Usman's going in there thinking, hey, I just beat the shit out of Colby Covington. I can stand with whoever. He's got. He's in for a rude awakening because Masvidal can crack. And you won't know where it's coming from. However, though, um, so I don't know what Usman's game plan was for Gilbert. And I don't know how much he has to chain for George. But in my opinion, it has to be a lot. It has to be a lot. Um, I honestly think Usman was probably thinking, you know, he was just going to stay stay on the feet and bang a little bit with, uh, with Gilbert. Um, and, you know, probably mix in some clinches to, uh, you know, clinch him up against the cage. Wear him out, get him tired, uh, bring him back, you know, bring him down a little bit, and then you know, start roughing him up. And I'm sure that's what he's planning on doing with George too. I mean, if if I if I was Usman or you know, I'm I'm nobody, but you know, I, I at least that's what I would think Usman's coaches would be uh, telling him to do against Masvidal is tire him up, tire him up against the cage, get his arms heavy, wear on him late. And you know that's really hard to in that's really hard to do against a guy like Burns who's so comfortable off of his back, probably feels comfortable against the cage. And then you know remember the, those two guys that they uh, they trained a lot, um, they trained heavy. They're probably main training partners for each other at Henry Hoof's gym, so they both know where they're strong and where they're weak um, against each other. And so. Usman's confidence has to be right there with Masvidal's for taking this. I mean, if you guys can remember, John Jones didn't take um, Chael Sonnen on uh, on short notice when Dan Henderson pulled out of their fight. And look in that regard, like, John Jones was light years better than, than Chael Sonnen. And, I mean, yeah, it was kind of risky with the with the wrestling, but did anybody even expect uh, Chael Sonnen to out-wrestle John Jones on, what was that, like a week's notice or something like that? No. I mean, John Jones probably went in there and stopped him in the first round just like he did when they eventually fought. Um, and I mean, like even off of his back, I just, I like, I didn't see, understand why Jones wouldn't have taken that fight. Yeah. Was it risky? I mean, I guess, but this is a way riskier fight. I mean, to take George Masvidal on seven days, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, Masvidal is up for it. Dude, uh, Usman's doing the same thing. Usman is doing the exact same thing. So for whatever credit you give Masvidal, you have to give to Usman. Um, and it's just a crazy fight. Uh, if they didn't put this fight together, I'm sorry, but this this fight card to me would have would have been very bland. Would you have gotten some some fun moments? Yeah, but stylistically, these fights are not 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 the best. Um, not not like this main event is now. And yeah, could Usman go in there and just kind of hold Masvidal up against the cage? Yeah, maybe a Masvidal a couple years ago, but I don't know about now. I don't know, uh, and maybe I'm just drinking too much of Masvidal's tequila right now, but. I just don't see Usman. I mean, maybe early, but I don't see it late. And um, if Usman definitely, you know, stays too comfortable, especially standing up, I could see this being a bad night for him. But the same thing for Masvidal. If Masvidal gets too comfortable up against the cage like he always does, if you go back and watch Benson Henderson, if you go back and watch Damian Maya, if you go back and watch countless guys, he gets... He was such a vet, and he was so comfortable in so many areas. He just kind of relies being on the fence. And it's not like he's getting damaged or anything, but he's getting controlled. Now, maybe with the new with the new judging criteria, this actually helps him if he can neutralize Usman up against the cage, even if his back is up against the wall. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, th this is a fantastic fight. Again, this is the fight that should have been there from the get-go. This shouldn't be a fight that's taken on seven days' notice. But both guys are in shape. Both guys are ready. I don't know how much of the beef is real. I don't know how much of it is just to, you know, promote this fight or promote their fight that, the, you know, or, or George was trying to, you know, gun for the fight, you know, back after Nate. But this is a great fight. And this is definitely, uh, you know, a International Fight Week main event. Um, so I'm super stoked now. I can't wait. Um, there's a lot of other great fights on this card on the on the prelims as well. You got uh, Marcin Tibera, um, like I said, Yuri and Vulcan. Um, you got Mark Wanamir Connie. I mean, it's a great card. So you definitely definitely tune in. It's worth the sixty bucks. If not, I'm sure there's plenty of sites out there. So until next week when I get Mike back in here, so we can yell at each other about how crazy this fights were. It's been fun, guys.